Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Dow Theory time, and we now have established levels, so you're going to want to pay close attention to all of this. And before we even get started with the Gains podcast today, hey, go grab a piece of paper and a pen. You'll need it. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gaines. So as mentioned, we're talking Dow Theory today, and that means we bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. He's also author of Winning with the Dow's Losers and also behind the website, which discovers the undiscovered UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gains Podcast. Thanks for having me, Andy. Okay, Chuck, uh, before we get started, I I wanted to first get our listeners to write down a couple of key Dow Theory levels. Uh, It'll make uh, following our discussion a little bit easier, I think. And before we even start with those levels, I just want to establish that the Dow Theory has and remains to be bearish. So uh, for the Gaines listener, uh, take a piece of paper, and on the top half of the page, you'll write Dow Industrial Highs, and uh, the the date would be August 16th, and that's 34,152. And right below that, you can write Dow Industrial Lows, And those were established on June 17th, and that number is 29,888.78. And then on uh, your paper, go to the bottom half of the page, and on on the bottom portion of the page, write Dow Transport Highs, and that was established on August 16th as well, like the Dow Industrial Highs, and that number is 15,000. 209 and then a line below it write Dow transport lows and that number was just like the the Dow industrials was put in on June 17th and that number is 12,868.60 
All right, it's key that uh, you kind of have those laid out on a piece of paper. It'll make following uh, our Dow Theory discussion a little bit easier. So let's start there. Uh, where we're at with the, the Dow Theory, Chuck, and the levels I just talked about. Sure. As, as you mentioned, Andy, the, the primary trend uh, of the market, according to the Dow Theory, is still bearish. Uh, admittedly, you know, when we had that pretty nice rally off those June 17th lows, we were seeing kind of a series of higher highs uh, and higher lows there for a while. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there were some people in there, even some Dow theorists, um, that thought perhaps that was the beginning of a, a bull market trend. We we just couldn't come to that conclusion, uh, although I kind of wanted to, but we just couldn't come to that conclusion because to, to have called that a, a bull market, you 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 were relying on basically a four-day rally off that June 17th low, and, and that just didn't seem enough. And so, you know, we did not turn um, fully bullish, and uh, that turned out to be a good move. The market has pulled back, as you said, very aggressively here and looking to retest those June 17th lows. Now, from a Dow Theory perspective, what you want to see is is either the or both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Dow Jones Transportation Average, or at least one of those averages, hold those lows, and then resume an upward move that surpasses the recent highs here that were set on August 16th. And I'll give you those highs here. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the August 16th high was 34,152. 34,152, and then the Dow Jones Transportation, um, also August 16th, that level was 15,209, 15,209. So we have these high points established on the upside and on the downside. And, you know, what you're rooting for, if if you're rooting for a a change in the trend from bearish to bullish is, as I mentioned, one, at least one, hopefully both of the averages hold those June 17th lows and, and, and again, we're talking about closes now. That's very important. What you don't want to see are closes by both averages below those lows. That would be basically a reconfirmation of the bearish trend and would probably lead to further selling pressure. On the other hand, you want to see at least one of the averages hold those lows, and then both averages resume an upward trend with both closing above those August 16th levels. If you did that, and you had both the Dow Industrials and Transports close above the, the August 16th highs before both closed below um, those June 17th lows. That would be a change in the trend from bearish to bullish under the Dow theory. So, you know, we're kind of at, at uh, potentially a, an important pivot point here. We're clearly getting a, a retest of those lows. If those lows can hold and the market and, and the industrials and transports rebound and close above those August 16th highs, that would be a very clear-cut trend change under the Dow theory to bullish. So we'll see We'll see what happens here. Well, it's nice to at least have a clear range established. You know, I've been talking about kind of the retest. I always felt like we were going to retest because the bottom just did not feel like a bottom to me. Uh, you kind of... Uh, alluded to that how quickly it came back off the bottom just a number of trading days and we've talked about how the market is more condensed now and a lot more happens in in a, in a shorter amount of time and i want you to kind of pick up on that as well but um that bottom and then just 
you know, investors so willing to just jump in at those levels, like I've been saying all along, just did not feel like that washout that you normally have at market bottoms. So I wanted to get your take on, you know, the feeling of the last time we were at the lows and just that compression that you kind of talked about as well. Yeah, the time compression has added kind of a, a wild card to trying to, to determine shifts in the primary trend because, as you kind of alluded to, you know, market moves happen much more subtly and, and much more quickly. I mean, what used to take months, um, you know, can happen in days and weeks right now. So trying to interpret the time elements uh, that are required under the Dow theory has become a bit tricky. Ha- having said that, you know, you, you the the last time we went down to those lows June seventeenth the the market was pretty washed out but yeah you can make a pretty good you can make a case that it just wasn't washed out quite enough and and to give you some comparison one of the tools that we tried to uh, that we use to try to give us some insight into just how aggressively the market has been washed out is looking at the percentage of stocks that are trading above their two hundred day moving average and. If you go back to uh, the last two major declines in the market back in you know February, March of 2020, and then you go back to 08, 09, that percentage had gotten as low as about one to two percent. Um, so you know the stocks were really, really washed out. Now, now this bear market doesn't have to get down to that, but we got down to about 16 percent, which historically is pretty low. And but you know uh, we're probably you know probably need to really feel confident that you've just had that total wipeout that you, you typically need to, to set a bottom in place, you know, you're probably looking around the 10% range. So right now I think it's in the low 20s. So we're getting there, but we probably need a, a bit more of a sell-off here to, to really get down to those levels that you really feel confident that, yeah, we have um, seen seen the washout you need. The, the other thing too is, you know, if you go back to 08, 09, um, you know, it just wasn't investor sentiment that was wiped out, but there were a lot of companies, hundreds, maybe even thousands of private and public companies that went out of business. And we haven't seen that level of, of just financial deterioration at companies yet that, that oftentimes does coincide with the sorts of, of dramatic bear markets. So there, there, there are some things out there that would indicate perhaps you know, you you need a greater washout. Now, let's say you bought at the last low, which was, you know, around June 17th, and and you thought, you know what, I don't know if this thing's going to go lower or not, but things are pretty washed out. I don't think you made a mistake um, by by any means. You may end up being early, but that is often the case when you're trying to probe and and put money in um, to take advantage of market declines. My guess is two, three years from now, you're going to be glad you did. But you might be getting an even better opportunity coming up here in, in the next few weeks. So, um, you know, don't beat yourself up if you bought prematurely, uh, because my guess is you still bought at what levels that are probably going to look, you know, pretty attractive, you know, two, three, four years from now. So, you know, just remain vigilant. You're, you, you know, you're, you're probably going to get another opportunity here over the next few weeks to, to put a, a additional funds into the market. And it's nearly impossible to call the exact bottom. I mean, if you're you're close or you dollar cost into it, um, is is always a good play. And like you said, years down the road, if you bought in on uh, those June lows. And, and did nothing and just held. And even if the market goes lower, it will eventually 
come back. It always does historically. Hey, uh, we'll continue the Dow Theory uh, conversation with Chuck Carlson right after the break here. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Monday mornings. Uh, We will be right back with Chuck after the break. All right, back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond, author of the book Winning with the Dow's Losers, and of course, a website the Gaines listener has to check out. It discovers the undiscovered. Give us that, Chuck. Yes, that website is UpsideStocks.com. It's UpsideStocks.com, and it, as you uh, as you indicated, the focus is really on small companies and uh, trying to find those, uh, you know, those hidden gems or those those undiscovered gems or companies that people, they're not household names yet, but maybe over time they will be. So that's UpsideStocks.com. And we'll hit Chuck up for a couple picks, but I'm going to save that for the end of the podcast. So uh, we'll, we'll have uh, Chuck share us a, a couple upside stocks that are uh, – looking, you know, poised to potentially move. All right, so as we were, um, you know, going into break, we were talking about the setup um, and what to kind of look for, and we have the range established. What's the play for the individual investor? And again, if we uh, break through those lows that we talked about, how low could we go? Well, you know, the death theory doesn't tell you, to to answer your last question, doesn't tell you how low things can go. it just said, listen, the trend is still bearish. So just be careful, uh, you know, uh, buying rallies in, in, a, in a downward trend. H- having Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Said that, you know, you can make some sort of uh, judgments in terms of what you think could happen, depending on what, what when, when those lows are broken and what's the sentiment at that time. Because my guess is if those lows get taken out, you'll probably have a pretty aggressive uh, decline. I mean, like, you know, short period, but pretty mega points. But those things tend to 
really drive out investors at that point. And, and so, it, you know, it very well could be that, um, you know, you break through that, the market could fall, you know, two, three, four thousand points in a matter of maybe, you know, 15 trading days. Um, but, you know, that might be the bottom at that point because, you know, you get these accelerations in selling. You get that's where everybody kind of throws in the towel at that point and they hate stocks badly. And, you know, I just got to get out of this thing and they start selling just indiscriminately. And that's those are the sorts of things that you want to see when you want to go into the bottom. You know, what an investor should be doing right now is is really trying to 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 think a lot about how how their money should be allocated for the long term. And I know that sounds a little silly. It's like, well, Chuck, you know, what's what's going on in the short term here? But, you know, from that allocation, that long term investment allocation is really going to derive your next few decisions. I mean, if you're somebody who, you know, looks at, you know, their age, financial position, risk averseness, et cetera, and comes up with the fact that, you know, I really think I should be 65 percent stocks and 35 percent out of the market, and they're at 65% and 35%. I'm not sure they need to do too much of anything. Um, if if there's somebody who, you know, they're, they're 38 years old, and they probably should have an a- equity allocation on their long-term equity allocation, you know, 80 plus, and they're sitting there at 50%, then, then they have a decision. It's like, okay, when do I start to feed money into the market? And, you know, th- that decision probably says, well, I, you know, we're getting a retest now. Maybe they're going to hold, maybe not. But, you know, maybe I need to take a 10 percentage points and start feeding that into the market then um, and, and start working toward back that long-term allocation level of, say, 80%. So it really, it, 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 you know, if, if you're somebody who's never really thought about that, then, yeah, you're going to feel like a leaf blowing in the wind during these types of markets and not knowing what to do. So I think it's it's the first thing you need to do is really establish what your long-term investment allocation should be, then compare that to where you are, and then and then think about, okay, how do I get to that point? And is now the time to start to maybe putting some money to work? And it very well may be. For those who have dry powder, do you suggest dollar cost averaging in? Do you suggest a particular level? I mean, how, how, how do you handle that? If you were sitting, say you had a portfolio right now that was about 40% in cash, you know, the rest of it's diversified and you've been given an opportunity to play with that cash. Uh, how do you get that into the market? What do you look for? What would you do with that? Yeah, I would probably, um, you know, and part of it would depend on if I was somebody who invests in funds or individual stocks, but uh, because with funds, it's a bit easier, an ETS, to kind of do a, a regular dollar cost averaging into, you know, three or four broad ind- indexes to, to do that. I, I think that approach has its merits, the, the dollar cost averaging approach, and not necessarily because it might ultimately be the most profitable for you, but it it is an approach that will probably get you to do something. Um, and, and that's, that's always the hardest thing. If you're sitting there and you're kind of waiting for that perfect opportunity, you're probably going to be waiting forever because there's always going to be reasons not to do it. So what you want is something that almost gets you in the game automatically. You know, that's the beauty of, you know, things like 401k plans and stuff, because that truly is a dollar cost averaging approach. It takes the emotion out of the equation and you're just putting money in on a regular basis. And if you can uh, replicate that somehow with your other investment vehicles, um, that's a good idea. So, so yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying, yeah, you know, 
dollar cost averaging isn't perfect, but it is a way to kind of take emotion out of the process and to get you going. And oftentimes that has its weight in gold just doing that. So I would say dollar cost averaging, you know, take, say, listen, I want to get 20% of these funds into the market um, at some point. Well, let's start doing it now. And maybe you put in two, 2% each month for the next 10 months. And at the end of 10 months, you're in there. And, um, you know, that should be more than enough time to take into account, even if we get an extended bear market here, um, and it get and it kind of achieves the uh, the goal of getting to your asset allocation and doing it in a systematic way, and not relying on yourself or your emotions to do it for you. You often talk about a barbell approach to investing. I wanted to get that on as well. I think that's a an important component of this, especially when you're trimming your portfolio and and rearranging things. Um, real quick, explain that barbell technique, that investment philosophy you often use and refer to? Yeah, it's a form of diversification with a portfolio where at one end of the barbell, you may have more um, certain type of stocks, more maybe perhaps more growth stocks, um, uh, higher, higher beta, potentially higher volatility, but also higher risk, but also potentially higher return stocks at one end of the barbell. Then at the other end of the barbell, you might have more, um, you know, stocks that are value stocks, maybe, you know, dividend paying stocks, um, stocks that uh, may be lower, lower volatility type stocks. And again, you know, it's a way to diversify where you have exposure, depending on what's going to happen in the market, um, at least on one side of your portfolio, um, you're, you're going to benefit from. And, and I think especially in these, in this sort of market, that's very important because, uh you know, it, it seems like, you know, value stocks this week are where the place to be. And then, oh, wait a minute, growth stocks are coming back. Oh, wait a minute, values. And, and as opposed to kind of building a portfolio solely around a single investment style or investment, uh, you know, uh, size box is to, you know, is to barbell things where you have, uh, you know, different types of stocks at either end of the barbell and kind of balancing each out. Uh, again, it's not necessarily the, the sexiest way to invest, and it's, but it's it's a it has teeth, especially if you're playing the long game, um, and that's important if you're for somebody who's trying to go out there and you know hit grand slams, you know, every three three weeks, you know, that's different. Then then you're you know, you, 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 diversification is kind of your enemy, right? Uh, you you want to go out there and, and kind of, uh, you know, put your eggs in, all, in, in a few baskets and, and hopefully you hit. Some people do that. Some people are very successful at that. I, I prefer to kind of play, you know, the long game and let time, you know, work its magic and let that, that you know, eighth wonder of the world, i.e. compounding, kind of do its magic as opposed to really kind of shooting, shooting, trying to shoot lights out in a very short period of time. You know, there's that debate that's been going on now for a while, the value versus growth. I, I'm just curious, and I know you use a barbell investment philosophy uh, so you can even avoid making an exact call on this, but who wins the day over the next six months to a year, value or growth? Yeah, I, see, I, I kind of thought it was I was really starting to lean more toward growth here, um, where the uh, it looked like you would you were going to see some decline in inflation. It looked like maybe you were going to see a little bit of moderation in interest rates, um, but then that story kind of fell apart a little bit based on you know Jay Powell coming out and saying 
uh, you know, we're going to be raising rates and raising rates, and there's going to be a lot of pain. By the way, I'm still, I'm still not necessarily sold on that. I, you know, I, I think one of the so of the so Fed, when you say not sold on that, that the the Fed is going to move as aggressively as they indicate. I think I think they're going to remain. They're going to continue to be data dependent, and okay. I, I think that. The, just the, the 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 optics of virtually everybody at the Fed, virtually every every Fed governor, everybody's coming out and saying, you know, we're going to be raising rates, we're going to be raising rates, we're going to be raising rates. Almost leads me to think that you know they're trying to kind of jawbone down inflation and, and jawbone down jawbone down um, you know the, the whole inflation thing, which which isn't a bad tactic. I mean, they have a big bully pulpit, and, and so it seems like they're using, trying to use it. I, I still think at the end of the day, though, they're they're going to be data dependent. So I'm not 100% sold on that. We'll see. Um, could be. I could be wrong. But you know, at the end of the day, I think they're still going to depend on what they're seeing out there, as opposed to saying, okay, we we have this, you know, today, September 6th. You know we're gonna we're gonna have seven increases over the next you know seven Fed periods. Uh, I think they're gonna take a step back and just see how things are going. Um, but having said that, they they certainly you know at least in the short run put a charge into interest rates and higher interest rates aren't necessarily good news for growth stocks. So I, I kind of go back and forth. I thought it was going to be a growth stock market for the next six to nine months. I guess if you had a gun in my head, I still think that is going to be the case. But but it's but it's it's I'm, I have less confidence in that, which, by the way, is a reason to, to barbell, right? And so you you know I don't know I don't have a real strong conviction one way or the other, so let's own both of them and and, and see what happens. I, I'm glad that you kind of still leading towards uh, growth a little bit. A lot of the gains listeners are probably ge- degenerates like myself that are still actively trading, trying to scalp a couple points here and there, still active in the market, uh, buy dips and quickly dump. So which, that brings me to the upside stocks.com uh, picks that kind of promised the audience I would uh, pry out of your hands. <laughs> so, I, you know, give us a couple upside Stocks.com. On the website, it says discover the undiscovered. Give us some of those undiscovered picks um, off that list that we should take a hard look at. You know, there's there's always potential for the right growth stocks. One group of stocks, it's, it's pretty confounding uh, because you would think they would behave better in a rising rate and market. But I think that's being countered by fears of a, a significant slowdown in the economy are, are the financials. Um, it, it just feels like this should be a better environment for them than, than they have been responding. But one that has looked kind of interesting, and this is a little company. It's, it's a company called Esquire Financial Holdings. And, and by the way, we, we here have positions and our clients have positions in these, Andy, for, for the answer to full disclosure. And Esquire is one where you really got to pay attention to how you kind of get in and out of that stock because the market cap on it is less than $300 million. What's the ticker on that? ESQ. E-S-Q. Right. Yeah. What, why do you and, like it? Uh, so it's a financial, you know, it's a regional bank. They have some interesting kind of niches. One of their niches is that they provide uh, commercial lines of credit and loans um, to to individuals that are in kind of those structured settlement uh, loans. And they also, um, I believe they loan to uh, law firms, for example, to kind of um, – 
tie them over as they're working on cases before they get settlements and things like that. Something so, like along the lines of thing. like a J.G. Wentworth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you okay. know, I, I, but they will loan against the settlement. I don't believe they're okay. buying settlements from you. Like, I think that is the J.G. Wentworth's But it's um, those type of settlements that they will loan against them using them as collateral? I believe that is okay. the case, yes. Okay, cool. And that's um, ESQ. That's an interesting mm-hmm. pick. Yeah, it's tiny, um, you know, but I, I thought that might be something that's got some juice for your listeners here if you want to look into that a little bit. And We're always looking for the juice. Well. We're always looking <laughs> for the juice, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, you know, that had been uh, that had been behaving extremely well here um, uh, and then has pulled back here in the last, since August 9th, since peaking at August 9th, 19th. So that's one. I think another one that uh, this one's more kind of a uh, it got destroyed here lately, and it's a stock that we liked, um, but it's in that kind of semiconductor area, and they had reported earnings, and the market just didn't like them. I think there was an overreaction, but you know they, they they're in the wrong group right now for bringing out quasi bad news, and that company is Photronics. The symbol is P L A. B P L A B, and uh, the stock has w- w- the one thing f- for your listener standpoint. I mean, that stock has backed off from about uh, twenty-seven, twenty-eight down to about fifteen, and it's done it in uh, less than a month. So it it has pulled back to an area that I would think you're going to get pretty good support in in that fifteen, you know, thirteen to sixteen dollar range, and. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's interesting. The market's been pretty harsh on semiconductor stocks, but you know, this company is their, their earnings are still growing pretty nicely. I think they're going to grow this year. They're expected to, to to grow next year. Their revenue is uh, is going higher, and and now these stocks now are trading at just really. You know, I mean, this stock's trading at seven or eight times its 2022 earnings. So I like the um, chart. You know, I'm looking at this right now, uh, up almost three yeah. percent in after hours. I love the chart on this. This is interesting. It's had, you know, it's had a bounce and it's pulled back quite a bit. But uh, uh, just from the chart, uh, it's an attractive stock. Yeah. Again, it, it. You know, we're talking about some pretty small stocks. We're talking about. I mean, these aren't you know consensus blue chips. Um, stocks, they, you know, they, they're small companies. They have their warts, but yeah, when you look at a you know a two-year chart on that stock, I mean, it has pulled back to an area where you would expect some reasonable support to come into it. And you're talking about a stock that you know less than a month ago was was trading you know 10 to 12 points higher than it is today. Um, so, that, you know, that's kind of the the other side of the coin on terms of the recommendations. A stock that um, you know was 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 doing exceptionally well. Then the bottom fell out of it, but I, but but I think you're going to see their profits grow um, over the next 24 months. Uh, the revenues are going to grow, and I think um, as investors start to come back into the market and or start putting money back into um, you know semiconductor equipment stocks, this is one that'll be. Um, that, that has some spice to it, has potentially can have some pretty significant juice. We've established that Dow theory is in a range. We've covered the the barbell investment philosophy. Got a couple picks off of uh, you know that upsidestocks.com website. But as we wrap up today's gains podcast, Chuck, uh, what's the takeaway? I think takeaway is you know we're we're you know buckle up. I think the next uh, three or four weeks we're going to get a much better 
uh, uh, idea of of the primary trend of this market. And um, you know, September typically is not the greatest month for the market. It is actually the worst month for the market. So. You know, we're in a period where you would expect some above-average volatility, where you expect some potential weakness, and you know, fortunately, from a Dow 30 perspective, you get you got your points really laid out. And so, from a you know, uh, and we're not that far from retesting the, the June 17th lows, and we're not that far from the August um, you know the the August high. So, it's pays to pay attention here because yes, you know, like I said, next five weeks could really tell tell the tale for the market for the remainder of this year and into uh, 2023. All right. Again, big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond, author of the book Winning with the Dow's Losers. And uh, again, check out that website, UpsideStocks.com. Well, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We are back next week with Jim Welsh taking a technical look at markets, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.